Picture yourself in a boat on a river. That's right, we're Riverdale Recap Podcast, here to talk about Chapter 103, The Town. What, what is that reference? I know that reference. What is that reference? It's the, it's the first line of Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds. Ah! Okay. That was gonna, that was gonna bug me. By Brian E. Patterson and directed by Rob Seedinglands. That's an interesting last name. Don't you want to see Dan Glans? <laughs> no, I don't want to see his glands. Oh, this poor guy. Like, how much did he get made fun of in school? The last episode of Riverdale he, he directed was the one where Britta scored the first touchdown in team history that season. Oh, dang. It's been a while. <laughs> and the episode before that was where we saw the organ harvesting at the farm. I love that episode. <laughs> it's been old. Rob Glanz does bangers, but not very often. <laughs> oh, it's been it's been a while. Uh, we we start with this episode. Yes, uh, most episodes do start. Do you want me to be here? <laughs> <laughs> kind of seems like you don't want me to be here. If you want to do this yourself, the- I can I can go crochet. Yeah, I'll have to be here. Well, I can't go crochet, so. <laughs> Yeah, see... It's not really a reciprocal thing, is it? Jughead talking with Tabitha about Mm -hmm, his mm -hmm. recent article in whatever the Riverdale paper is called that he's writing. What is it? Not really his article, though, but his decision to publish an anonymously submitted letter, an open letter to the town. Yes, yes. Like, he didn't write it, but he he has a, a connection. Someone, you know, sent this to him. Uh, he's having a conversation with her, but then in the voiceover, he tells us, oh yeah, I can't hear. Don't no. get confused. But it's but everyone thinks he can because he's reading their minds. He's reading their minds to know what words they're about to form as they form them. And apparently he's just letting everyone think that his hearing has come back. <laughs> Instead of being like, hey, I think I can read your brain. Reading minds is, quote, Slightly disorienting. <laughs> and he questions if he's a bad person for lying to them. Chuck mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you should know lies don't go well. No. Especially in this show. Especially lies about superpowers. Actually, we don't know that. That's very new. Yeah, that's a little new. Um, but then we get a montage of uh, everyone else reading this article, which is titled Riverdale, the worst town in America. Which, yeah, yeah maybe. Maybe. I mean, it's he's this anonymous person's not wrong. The the article mentions, oh, there is an illegal casino in town. Yes, true. And street gangs. Yeah, they've been in an open war for ten years. That's bad. That's and, bad. And a long history of intolerance and and mm-hmm. and judgment on other people. Well, while we're being told all these things that are in this letter, um, we we check in on everyone, mm-hmm. and everyone's very upset about what's being said, except Abigail. Abigail's like, yeah. <laughs> She's finally getting that hot goss that she had to wait 150 years for or whatever. Yep. So so then we end at Pops, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. where Percival is having some coffee, and Pops like, Oh man, you must be so happy you moved here, huh? And he smiles, because he actually is. He obviously wrote it. Percival wrote it. Come yeah, on, come yeah, on now. We, 
we confirmed this in a while, but yeah. So Jughead's narration is also like, you know, with no a name penned to this letter, someone's going to have to take the blame. So everybody angry at Jughead. Uh, <laughs> and Archie comes into the school, because apparently they both still work there, mm -hmm. and just rips into Jughead about it. Like, who wrote it? Why would you allow that? Uh, and Jughead's like, why would I tell you so you could beat them up? And Archie thinks, yeah. But he says, no. <laughs> this happens very few times. I'm sure it's going to keep happening once or twice per episode. But everyone's actually very honest in this town. <laughs> yeah, but I, I really like that it's Jughead who's like, Archie, who's like, no, oh, I'm not going to beat up a dude. I don't do that. He's totally going to beat totally up a dude. Uh, everything he does is beating up a dude. So, of course, what do we do in Riverdale? We call an emergency town hall meeting. Yes. Like, these people love to meet. Yeah, and attendance is always so high. It is always standing room only at the El Royale. I, I feel like they can't have such emergency meetings, though. I feel like there needs to be, like, in their, like legal documents so much notice given mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and i don't think you could have this many emergency meetings so quickly why don't people just write rebuttals to jughead's newspaper why not just be like well that one person is a dumb dumb mm -hmm, mm -hmm. the end i i guess they just this is their twitter <laughs> like no i got a thing to say so, so over at Thornhill, high, high on the hill, overlooking the town. Uh, Britta comes to visit Nana Rose in the hay room. Excuse me, Grand Mistress Rose. In the hay room. Uh, and she's like, so I don't, I don't think, uh, Cheryl is gone. And Nana's like, no, she's vanished into the void. And like, no, no, no. Like, I saw her in the mirror. Oh, that must mean she's trapped and Abigail has, has placed her deep, deep within. You have to go walk her dreamscape. And walk into that mental jail. And the only way to do this is Abigail has to be in a deep sleep. But you need to also be in a deep sleep close by. And then you can walk that dreamscape. And the reason why you can do this is because Abigail used to be in your body. So you guys have a connection. Yes. And this yes. totally makes sense. So Britta's like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to poison her tea. Yeah, that's like the first lesson at Thornhill Academy is slipping things into someone else's tea. Yep. She is very prepared for this. Yep. So yeah, we're going to drug someone mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and take a nap. <laughs> It'll be great. So then we get uh, a cut into this dreamscape. Yes. Um, which isn't really too far off from my, my like mirror world. It's no, like, no. It's like kind of there. Let's just claim victory. Let's claim it. Cheryl is not alone there. She is with Jason. Mm -hmm. It's good to see uh, that actor make an appearance again. The haunted doll is there. It doesn't come up, but is conspicuously there all the time. Oh, yeah. And Penelope. Of course. Um, and... And Dreamscape Penelope is having a grand old time just doing, like, evil Stepford Wife stuff from the jump. Yes. Just smiling cruelty at all times. Very, uh, mommy dearest. They get very explicit with the mommy dearest oh as we go on. So explicit. 
shamelessly. Um, and so Penelope is talking about how they're going to be having a party and she's invited all of their friends, except the one that Cheryl wants there. She has not invited that one. Yes, that, that harlot Heather. If you will recall Cheryl's childhood crush Heather from many seasons ago. Yes. Character named but never seen. As like, oh boy, this is going to be something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so over at the emergency town hall meeting. Where there is no agenda. Everybody just like stands up and talks for a while. <laughs> it's like August Osage County. Yeah, I have a truth to tell. I have a truth to tell. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then Tabitha just says, eat the fish, bitch. Yes. <laughs> that is exactly what she's doing to Nana Rose in her hay room. <laughs> That's Abigail. Oh, you said Alice, yeah. No, I said Tabitha. You said Tabitha? Who are we talking about? I do not think Tabitha would say that, which is why I could not comprehend you really? saying it. No. Okay. I, th- I mean, Tabitha, here's where I'm coming from. Tabitha is a, a cut through the bullshit, straight to the point sort of person. Yeah, but she's not going to be like aggressive mean to like an elderly person. Like I'm imagining mm-hmm, like Pop... Mm-hmm. Pop is the old man in her life. She That's ain't true. gonna tell him to shut up and eat the fish. No, no, she would never. No. Betty would. That's a Betty Alice. Betty scene. would totally do it to Alice. But Betty is and currently hitchhiking across America to lead TBK yes. away. And Abigail slash Cheryl would totally do that to Nana when mm-hmm. they're having their off days. Or one another. Everyone's very angry in yes. Thornhill. Yes. There's lots of emotions. Jughead is hearing all the thoughts yes, of everyone. Yes. And the first thing to discuss is the illegal casino Veronica and Reggie are operating. And they're like, oh, but like, it's not that bad. Like, yeah, it's illegal. We don't have any paperwork. But all the employees are from the town. We pay them. <laughs> it's great. She she does not concede those points. She just starts launching into how it is, you know, a beneficial thing. While conspicuously not denying or even mentioning its Inherent illegality. Yeah. Alice, of course, has to, you know, ask, when was the last time a lodge did anything good for this town? And everybody goes, oh, like it's Jerry Springer. Yep. So now it's uh, Archie, who's like, okay, no, like, we're going to cut to the damn chase. Who wrote that freaking letter? And Percival is like, it's me. And Archie says, I'm going to beat your ass right now. <laughs> He literally does. He's like, you and me, let's go outside. Let's go outside right now. I'll pummel your face in. He says inside his boxing gym where he has fought many men before. Also, like, okay, so Percival's all like, you know, I didn't put my name on it because I thought you would dismiss the ideas because of my family. And, you know, Tony's all like, oh, because you guys committed genocide? You're like, yeah. A little bit, just a little genocide. Come on. But I'm You're still here. It wasn't that bad. I love Archie and his old timiness mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. pulling out uh all I see is a Johnny come lately. <laughs> like what the fuck? Who says that? Archie says that. No one but Archie says that. Frank is even like, dude <laughs> You're not eighty-five. Like what? But this whole meeting is essentially Archie and and Percival having an argument from like 25 feet apart, standing up in the middle of this crowd. Yes. Percival continues on to uh, 
his whole thing about how Riverdale's the worst town and, mm-hmm. you know, like, where to start? Let's start with the homeless mm-hmm. in Sketch Alley. And he, his idea to solve this problem, to make Riverdale better, is to bus all of them out of the town. Percival Pickens's entire political project is everything implied by uh, uh, the way cities treat their, their homeless populations put into actual words that come out of his fucking mouth. Yes. 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 It is, it is inhumane. It is dehumanizing. It's objectifying. It is treating them as a problem to be solved. He's all about, you know, uh, uh, crime rates, property values, and nothing about the fact that these are human beings who have dignity. And Yes. So if Archie were to threaten to beat his ass now, I'd be on his side. But instead, he did it a little prematurely, and I'm like, there are no good options here. Everyone sucks. Fuck you all. So he starts arguing, no, those are citizens of Riverdale. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah. And he's like, Riverdale takes care of their own. And I'm like, do you? You say you're always... You should. You're always committing to try. And then... you, You should, but like you haven't. Like, if you're saying, like, all these people, I don't know, have, like, moved out of Riverdale and there's all these abandoned homes, like, you could have been helping to shelter people. You haven't had a serial killer in this town for eight years. I'm not counting TBK because he only killed one person in Riverdale, and that guy was not from Riverdale. Does not count. That one, that one's a pass. <laughs> and so I'm just like, well, okay, fucking do something, Archie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Do something. Why like, don't... Mm-hmm. Speaking of all the serial killers, again, a lot of abandoned properties just move the homeless people in there. Just put them in the houses. You have a whole gym that a lot of people can fit in right now. You can set up cots. Yeah, like, but that, come on. that thing's been condemned three times. This I would not. True. No, thank There's you. There's a lot of blood on that floor. The roof is held up by a wish and a prayer. But Percival's all like, well, you've heard my idea. What's yours? Like, hmm. So Archie's all like, I gotta go think of an idea. Yeah, my only idea was to knock all your teeth out. and That's not going to help much of anybody. Could use the teeth as little bricks. <laughs> <laughs> the homeless pixie population in Sketch Alley. Nobody pays attention to that. Yeah, little teeth house. All the little unhoused Tinkerbells could, Here's the could thing. use. No one's going to fuck with those Tinkerbells. <laughs> they have houses made of fucking teeth. <laughs> the little the other pixies from like Pixie Hollow are gonna be like, oh fuck, we ain't going over there. They mean business. So the end of this scene finally brings us to our opening title card. With Jughead saying, and thus begins the battle for Riverdale's soul. Yeah, yeah. In Thornhill, Abigail is returning home, and Britta asks her, How is the town hall? And she replies, Delightsome! Yes. And so she's like, hmm, I think I need to learn more about this town's history. You were there! You were fucking there! I guess she means from when she died to, like, now. Was the colonial project after witch times? Because it seems like the, the, the dispossession of the indigenous peoples would have been before there was a giant manor called Thornhill. You would think, but it definitely seems like after, because she doesn't know who the Pickenses really are. <laughs> so she's like, hmm, I think there's a book in the library. I'm going to get that. And Britta's like, oh, hold up. I'll get it for you, and I'll bring you some tea. Huh? Huh? Uh, meanwhile, Jughead goes to see Archie, mm-hmm, and immediately mm-hmm. upon entering, he's like, don't punch me. 
It's not hard to read Archie's mind because it's always about punching. That's that's easy mode. I could do that. Yeah. They have a little discussion about how, you know, bussing people out of the town, not a great idea. No. And Jughead's like, so I got this idea. How about some micro homes? We can build them for everyone. And Archie's like, we? And he's like, you're my only friend who owns a fucking construction business. Yeah, we. It sounds a lot like this solution is a no-bid contract going to the nephew of a town council member. Yes. Uh, all right. I mean, if I'm if I'm Percival Pickens and I'm just publishing anonymous letters to the editor, that's the angle I'm going to take. But, you know, Jughead's the uh, editor, so... <laughs> There's, there's some conflicts of interest here. Um, but he wins Archie over to this idea that, like, yeah, we're going to try this. this. We'll see if this works. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So meanwhile, Abigail's knocked out from the drugs. Yes, yes. Uh, and Britta takes her first journey into the dreamscape. By drinking some of the tea, which I have to say, Britta decides to keep holding her teacup when she knows she's going to fucking pass out. <laughs> And I'm like, well, the fuck, girl? Put that teacup down. You know it has drugs in it. There are a few ways to show the moment when she goes from drowsy to actually dead asleep. And, you know, dropping the teacup is one of them. But there are other ways that, that, would, <laughs> that, that would lead your actor to doing things a human being would actually do. Guess what? I'll also get it when you just cut to the fucking dreamscape. <laughs> I'll get, oh, it worked. You don't have to actually show me her going into deep sleep. She could just start snoring if we wanted to edge this more toward a a open comedy. Yeah. Yeah. So she's there, and it is uh, the party that Penelope is throwing. Happy birthday, Jason! Yes. Just Jason! When Penelope sees her, she snaps at her about, you know, who she is. And she's mm-hmm, like, oh, well, I'm looking for Cheryl. She she points, and Cheryl is facing the wall crying as punishment. Yes. For being a brat. Britta's like, but it's her birthday. And, like, isn't she going to get presents? And Penelope's like, oh, fuck no. <laughs> the, I I really enjoy Penelope's performance here because, yeah, they, they want us to think Mommy Dearest. They want us to think Scary Joan Crawford. But what she's actually bringing is, like... An amateur uh, uh, Tennessee Williams performance, but the actors showed up actually drunk for the play. (laughs) And I love it. It's so good. Yeah. It reminds me of really over-the-top characters in, like, children's, like, 80s and 90s movies that are supposed to, like, absolutely terrify you. Mm, mm -hmm, Like, mm -hmm, when you get, mm -hmm. like, that character that has, like, the manic laughing with, like, the zoom-in and the shaky cam. Like Angelica Houston in The Witches? Is that the sort of thing? Yes. It's very that. Everything with her is that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it's fucking terrifying. Like, (laughs) even now, like... Again, we found a, a, a performance that really knows what show it's in, in, yes. in a very fun way. Um, so then Britta wakes to her alarm, because she was smart to set an alarm so she could sneak out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, though the whole time it's going off, I'm like, Abigail's going to fucking wake up. And you know what? She does. But Britta is like quick as a mouse. She sneaks <laughs> out before Abigail can wake up. She's Luckily, prepared. Abigail is a slow riser. And we've seen Britta's footwork. She does a pretty fast uh, uh, 40 for, you know, for a high school senior. Yeah. 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 
Meanwhile, uh, Veronica and Reggie are at the office, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and they have replaced Hiram's painting of himself with the painting of Veronica that used to be over the desk. But but the Hiram painting is conspicuously half-wrapped, sitting on the floor, leaning it's against like, a wall. It was wrapped, but it was torn open. It's very weird. Mm-hmm. He's very casual. He's unbuttoned his wrap. <laughs> So Veronica's like, Reggie, you know, when we were decided to do this casino thing, I thought all along that we were going to do like hustles and scams. And he's like, yeah, yeah, me too. I, I love, I love the scams. I can't wait to do more scams. Is that, is that not what we were thinking? <laughs> She's like, you know, what if, what if we do this like, right? You're like, no tax evasion. We just, we just. Do this correctly. Veronica, again, I must stress, the allegation isn't that you're cheating people at the casino, but that you built it without legal permission in the first place. And what about if we fix the town? Well, going on the straight and narrow. Mm, mm. And Reggie's like, I, I like it, but like, we need permits and licenses. Yes, Reggie, thank you for saying the true thing that this is actually about. She's like, well, is that a problem? I'm like, well, no, it's just expensive. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So she's like, great, we're going to do this. And you know what else we're going to do? We're oh going to hang daddy's picture. Oh, my God. Where my Why? picture is. Why are they going to hang daddy's picture? So is a, it a normal reason? So we have a constant reminder of what not to be. <laughs> Imagine if you go on a White House tour and the biggest portrait is like King George the <laughs> Third, Stalin, like <laughs> all of America's greatest enemies over two hundred years. Yes. <laughs> oh, wait, this is the hall of what not to be. <laughs> Eugene Debs, you hate the. <laughs> The entire Black Panther Party in the White House. Definitely want to, don't want to be like those guys. No, they feed kids for free. We can't have that. This is the White House. And then just like, I don't know, random flags of countries that like have like free college tuition and shit. <laughs> like just all of them, all of this place, we're not going to beat them. <laughs> <sighs> At least Reggie's like makes quite a face about it. Like, what the yeah, fuck? Yeah, yeah. So, um, Alice has a meeting with Percival. Yes, a personal, a personal Percival, one-on-one. They're, they're just kind of chatting. In her house. He made a house call. Yeah. And he's totally, like, hitting her up. And she likes it. And I'm like, I thought you were with Frank. Frank's not home. Frank don't gotta know. Be nice to Frank. (laughs) Frank is a nice man. (laughs) Maybe Frank wants to hit on Percival. Maybe they can do, just do a whole triangle thing. He just found out what bisexual means from his good friends, and he wants to try it out. No, remember, he is bisexual. He's like, I don't fucking care. Me too. Great. But Percival's not not his type. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Too twinky? Too hoity-toity. Yeah, yeah. Frank is all about bear-on-bear action. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, he really wants to meet Bear Man. He's heard Archie's <laughs> stories. They chat online. Bearman is dead. To heaven. <laughs> they chat, <laughs> they chat online. online to heaven. <laughs> yes. Can you get grinder in heaven? Apparently. <laughs> I don't make these things, but it's 
is how it works. I'm not responsible. For, I'm not responsible for Grinder or Heaven. Who says you can? Not me. It's not my job. I don't know how they work. Like, but the Pope does. Both of them. Obviously. Obviously. They talk about some shit. I don't remember most of it, except because uh, <laughs> it's really quite boring. Like, I don't give a I mean, shit. It, it's just Percival, like, weighing on Alice's paranoid uh, uh, suburban homeowner tendencies, right? Yes. He, he's trying to tease out the old busybody Alice. Yes. Uh, in order to be like, yes, those smelly, nasty, dirty people are the problem, and we can scrub the city clean. And I thought you would care because of Polly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's the real button that really gets to her. See, if this was old Alice, old Alice would have slapped him across the face and said, don't you take my daughter's name in your mouth. And also, you don't need to convince me. I am more on your side than you are already. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Back at the town hall mm-hmm. for another town hall meeting. They must have lifted COVID restrictions because now we can have huge group scenes yeah. that we didn't have for like at least a season. Oh yeah, this is this is when like COVID and, situations in Canada changed. And this is the only thing they can think to do with it is just get a whole bunch of extras in the same room for the same reason over and over again. Yeah. <laughs> I miss when we used to have like town meetings and shit in the auditorium of the school. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, why can't we do that again? Or just school. Some of them still have jobs there, allegedly. Hey, we saw the staff break room. No students. We just saw two people in a break room. Um. So first up is Veronica and Reggie giving their proposal for the casino. Yes. Which is turning Riverdale into the new Atlantic City. Except without the fucking Atlantic. What are you talking about? The Sweetwater City. <laughs> but yes, they want to use Babylonium as the centerpiece for a family-friendly entertainment tourist uh, uh, economy. And Alice is like, so children can gamble now? And they propose something that, uh, uh, to my ear, is actually far worse and more insidious. No, no, no. It's a casino that provides daycare. What the fuck? That's nightmarish. That's actually not... That, that's probably a thing. Yeah, and it's an awful, horrible thing. Like, any place that's like a resort, even like Disney, mm-hmm. you they have babysitters you can call to come watch your children the enti- while you go do shit. The entire business model of the gambling industry is to intentionally and completely destroy lives. Every bit of uh, research put into problem gamblers isn't to stop them from gambling. It's to identify the most profitable segment of the audience. Yeah. This is one of the the great uh, uh, problems of a self-regulating industry. They're they're just free to roam that way. So anything that can make the the people that just spend eight or more hours a day uh, uh, feeding a slot machine, like, say, watching their kids for them while they do it. Yeah. Is only enabling that. And so Frank is not very on board with this either because he has a worry <laughs> yeah. about Jesus Christ you know, preying on people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and Alice is just like, fuck you, no. Mm-hmm, we're not mm-hmm. doing this shit. So then it's Archie's turn to present the tiny house idea. And he's like, okay, so Andrew's Construction will like build these and like we'll cover all the cost of labor. And the designs. Mm-hmm. The designs are eight foot square. You can't put a bed in there, Archie. You're building torture chambers and calling them houses. I don't like anything that's being presented here. It's all bad. 
You could put a very small bed. You could put a cot. I, I hope the residents of Sketch Alley aren't particularly tall. How much plumbing can you run in an yeah, eight-foot I mean, well, square house? Yeah, well, that's the thing. That's the thing, is if they're going to have... If it would be... Because there's, like, things that do exist like that that just, like, it's like a bed with, like, places to store your stuff. But they're talking about it having, like, plumbing and a bathroom and, like, all that. You can't do that in that size. He's building... He's building what some people would consider too, a shed too small for their mower and calling them houses. Yes. Tabitha's like, oh, they have these in Chicago and they work really well. And I'm like, we don't have these in Chicago. She's misremembering the, the uh, Divergent set. Which were these. Yeah. <laughs> they were literally these and they were behind the movie theater. Yes, yes. Yeah. So, so yeah, if you want to watch Divergent, don't. But if you have to watch Divergent... <laughs> The, the little village where where Granola Girl lives before uh, all, all the when action she's part happens. Of, um, when she's still living with her family before she uh, joins Dauntless. One of the buildings you don't see, because they, they seem to have been filming from that angle, is the building that was our prim- primary movie theater. Yes. For many years. Yes. <laughs> if you looked out the back windows of the movie theater... You saw their set. Yeah. That, yeah. That was a nice couple weeks. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of uh, recognizable things in it. It's a school now. It's, it is a school. It's a yeah. very expensive private school. Yeah. Yeah. They have this idea, which, as I said, not the best idea. No. He could have Googled some of the actual plans of, yes. like, places that this is being put into use mm-hmm. and, like... How they did it. Specific floor plans. I don't know, dimensions. Which would be better. He's building houses that are smaller than the various jail cells he's lived in over the course of this show. Um. So Alice is uh, not very happy about this because of the cost. Because Archie is only covering labor and not materials, which means the town will have to cover materials. And that means they have to raise taxes. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. Jughead... Here's everyone oh, being huff, very fluff, grumpy. Oh, fluff, taxes. Oh, no, 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 no. And Percival's like, hey, we can just go with my idea of bussing everyone out. <laughs> you know what's cheaper than lumber and piping? Fucking bus ticket. <laughs> Everything about this is messed up. Yes. Everything about it. So Archie uh, decides to have a meeting with Percival, yeah. I guess, to try to, like, win him over. And because he's all like, well, I want to learn more about my new neighbor. So, uh, you're English? Yeah, what a great opening line. So, you're English, huh? <laughs> like, what if he was like, no, I talk like this for fun. And so he tries to inquire about where he was before uh, Riverdale. And if he was, like, back home. And he's like, oh, no. I was traveling. No further details. Very mysterious. Uh, he is kind of into the idea of, uh, you know, turning Riverdale into a, a tourist destination. Quote, the next Marsha's Vineyard. thought he went ahead and said Martha. No, he said Marsha. Oh, goodness. Except we can have Doritos in the last episode. That's fine. <laughs> I mean, they're one step on the way to being Marsha's Vineyard. They have at least one deaf person. Did I do History Honey's episode on that? Uh, it, it came up a lot in the deaf education episode. Yeah, okay, okay. Archie's all like, well, I thought maybe we could, like, align on my house idea. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. he's like, 
oh no, and he goes off on his whole spiel about property value and how that's more important than, like, people's lives. He's at his absolute most, like, sinister and authoritarian. And and while he's saying the even nastier stuff than he said uh, before, this is where, like, he actually calls them smelly right out loud. The camera, like, gently pulls in the tiniest bit and keeps getting more and more canted, like, like a... a coming at more and more of an angle through the whole thing there's this long unbroken take it's my favorite shot of the episode every episode has one really good shot this has more than one but this is the best one yeah so over at uh pops archie is having another meeting Mm -hmm. uh and this time it's with tabitha and tony and he's meeting with them because they're two of the most prominent business owners in the town Specifically legal businesses. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) And he's hoping that they'll cover the cost of two houses so he can put up model homes in Pop's parking lot. Yeah. The the way the town uh, meeting ended was everybody not really wanting to commit to anything, a lot of tension, and and, uh, Tabitha being like, hey, Archie, there's some details to work out. Proof of concept would be great. So he's just now coming to meet her at work and be like... Pay me to do proof of concept, please. Yeah. (laughs) You ask, come on. And I guess, like, they're also fronting the cost for just, like, making all of them. Because in the next scene, they go to Sketch Alley and they're like, hey, we're going to build you houses. I think Archie is just being really, really, really optimistic when he says that. But they start building, like, a couple scenes later without another town hall meeting. They start building the two test houses. No. Then where are the other houses? Well, why are they building them at Sketch Alley to just move them to the parking lot? Why not build them at the parking lot? Because they want to involve the community to get immediate uh, investment. But I thought they were just starting to automatically build other houses. No, they're just building the two test houses. Okay, so they they end up going and being like, hey, help us build these houses. We're just going to take them away, though, and put them in a parking lot. I'm not saying it's the the best uh, uh, logistically. Huh. So, uh, yeah, they do go to Sketch Alley. And Jughead is greets his old friend Doc, who helped him when, you know, he was not in a great place. When he forgot who he was for a little while? Yep. Yeah. Fills them in on the plan to build some houses that I guess are not all of them, just the two for now. Jughead describes them as small, but swanky. I guess they'll have nice door handles. (laughs) I don't know what that means, Jughead. One of Archie's proudest, like, bullet points in his presentation is that they will have, you know, locking doors uh, uh, as a way to get, you know, the the residents really invested in a personal space that is theirs and theirs alone to have and to hold and to own. Which is nice. Which is true. Maybe the locks are the swanky part. We're all very concerned with the handles, apparently. Okay, now I remember more of his presentation though and he said these houses will either have one or two people yes yes he did you can't fit two people in that yeah especially if you're putting plumbing they're going to have murphy bunk beds somehow the the lever mechanism is very complicated what what (laughs) but what i'm really afraid of specifically for these two test houses the costs are meant to be recouped in advertising because one will be a Pops Chocolate Shop themed house and one will be a White Worm themed house. That worm house is going to be immediately bolt is going to be immediately burned down by the ghoulies as soon as they see it. Well, though, it's on site for that poor guy. 
Well, those are going to the parking lot. You know? Which they did actually did say, oh, it will make them feel included in the town. And I was like, I don't think a person wants to live in a parking lot. And I don't think advertising is that effective when the, the uh, billboard house is in the parking lot of the business already. And you already got like a truck and a sign. This is why they pushed Archie for more details. He clearly wasn't digging them through. Uh, so meanwhile, Reggie and Veronica uh, are together, and Reggie's like, hey, I crunched the numbers. If we're legit, we ain't gonna turn a profit. Perhaps so, ever. He says ever. So so can we do some scams? Maybe? Please, please maybe. do a scam, please. He's probably not counting the rum money. Has she told him about the rum money? If he's counting the rum money, they should just close up shop and cut their losses. Um, but then they are interrupted by one of their workers who's like, uh, you need to come to the private gambling room. And she's like, oh no, is it something bad? Yeah. Yeah, it's something. No, it's really so- bad. someone wants to give their compliments to the gamble chef. What do you mean, is it bad? It's bad. It's really bad. A guy has hung himself in the, the private dealer's room. And Reggie's like, what do we do? Do we cut him down? Do we call an ambulance? That's what a legit place would do. He's trying so hard. <laughs> To think about what would a legit business do? Well, he's, I just imagine Reggie going about everything in his day being like, what would a legit business do? He has a little bracelet. Yeah, that it has says initials. W-W-A-L-B-D. Yeah. 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 And he's just like, what? Um, and she's like, no, we can't do that because then we'll never be able to be a casino and the city, you know, the town hall won't let us live it down. You know, legit casinos also cover this up all the time, but, you know, through clinical euphemisms in their incident reports and the fact that it's a self-regulating industry with no real oversight. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So she's like, you know what? I know who can help. Abuelita's Iceman. (laughs) Great. Great idea, Veronica. She just met a fixer and was so impressed to see someone actually be able to fix things for the first time in her life. Uh, so Abigail is knocked uh, out with tea again by Britta, mm-hmm. uh, and Britta is trying to wake up sleeping Cheryl from the dreamscape, who is sleeping in a twin bed next to her brother. Yeah. Uh, but before she can get very far, Penelope like, rushes in. It's like the twins are married in I Love Lucy. That is their sleeping situation. I was going more like a Hansel and Gretel type. Eh, midpoint between. Let, yeah. Let's, uh, let's... Let people pick. Uh, I know that they were hooking up, but, like, I prefer to think of them not hooking up. While the doll watches? Yeah. Yeah. Penelope's running down, yelling, devil children. Britta (laughs) hides under uh, the bed as Penelope wakes them up to make them clean the floors. Yes, they they have to get down on their hands and knees and scrub and swab the floors uh, uh, until, you know, their fingernails crack and bleed at 2 a.m. in the dreamscape. And if they don't behave, she's going to bring out the hanger on them. They're, again, very explicit. They want you to think of Mommy Dearest. Yes. Uh, so meanwhile, over at Sketch Alley, they are building these two houses. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Uh, It's all of the boys. It's Archie. It's Kevin. It's uh, Jughead. It's Doc, who's helping build his own new home. I think some of the other Sketch Alley people are like... Helping. This is also something Habitat for Humanity does. The the housing candidates help in the construction. Mm-hmm. Um, Goes a little quicker when you're only doing 60 square feet, but okay. But then Doc 
with a very strange look on his fake face, walks up to Kevin, and as Kevin's like, hey, uh, what do you need? He swings a hammer at Kevin's face. Everything bad happens to Kevin. Everything bad happens to Kevin. And then we cut to Alice being on TV at Pops, ranting about how Kevin got hammered. Well, she's on TV at the news station. We are watching the TV at Pops. That's what I meant. Yeah. That's what I said. She's on TV at Pops. It seemed a little ambiguous whether she was filming on location at Pops. No, no. But she is not. No, no. She doesn't go on location anymore. She films with like a green screen. And she's a work from home news anchor. That's not even a real studio. All of her news stuff looks like shit you'd see like direct to YouTube news. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it ain't great quality anymore. But but yeah, she's giving one of her video uh, editorials essentially about how you know what the homeless are a goddamn scourge on our fair city. And oh my gosh, why is everyone so awful? Again, season one and two, Alice would not have needed the push to make this uh, uh, statement. She would have just done it on her own and called everyone by their full three name names. Yeah, but like, been on a long journey. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's harder to take how awful people are right now. (laughs) Tabitha and Tony and Archie are watching this and he's like, I understand if you want to back out. Tony's like... No, you still have my money, but, like, maybe don't paint serpents on it. And Tabitha's like, you still have my money and you can still paint pops. And it's fine. And one of them says, quote, I'll send you my payment on Chime right now. And then we hear, Chime! <laughs> Did you see on uh, the Riverdale uh, uh, Twitter account, there was a sponsored post by Doritos that was a supercut of all the Doritos on Riverdale. No. It's real. I'm gonna go look and at it's that. zesty. Zesty. Meanwhile, uh, Reggie has been looking at the security footage from mm-hmm, the guy mm-hmm. who killed himself. Because you figure, dude must have been on a horrible losing streak. Uh, uh, he couldn't take it anymore. Ended it right there. But no, he was up 20 grand. So maybe it's good he died so he didn't get to take that out of the casino. That is not what Reggie said. It's what Reggie's thinking. But what they see is that that weird, creepy British guy is talking to him before he kills himself. He just leans over and goes, pss, 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 pss. Uh, So then uh, Geraldo shows up and uh, he's like, so where's the body? And Reggie's just like, geez, you just get to the chase, man. <laughs> Geraldo is a very businesslike Re- man. Anytime Geraldo's there, Reggie's just like, man. And I love it. I would love a, an upcoming storyline where Veronica falls for Geraldo. Oh, she's totally good. And, like, the first time they have sex, she's like, wow, we're done already. That was, like, 30 seconds. Reggie was right about you. <laughs> Geraldo's already dressed and just, like, standing with his arms uh, uh, held in front of his waist <laughs> immediately. Okay, so he just always hit, stand with his arms in front of his waist. So what if, like... He's just standing like that the whole time as they're, like, seducing each other. And when it's time, he just, like, moves his hand and, like, whips it out. And they get it on. And then he's just, like, zip, doop, back in his pose. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Is there anyone I should kill now? Meanwhile, uh, Britta has gone to Nana Rose to be like, hey, here's what's going on. Penelope is torturing Cheryl. And Nana Rose is like, yes, that makes perfect sense. She sucks. And they hate each other. <laughs> Uh, and she's like, I never get to talk 
a chance to talk to Cheryl before Penelope appears. And Nana is just like, you gotta figure out a way. What like, is, wow, you're so helpful. What is Nana's motivation here? Whose side is she on? She wants to get out of the hay room. She will be on <laughs> whosever side gets her out of the hay room. <laughs> right now it's Britta's side. Just pick a horse and stick with it, you drama hound. Come on, Nana. Whoever will get her out of the hay room. <laughs> she didn't know how good she had it. <laughs> uh, so meanwhile, uh, Percival goes to see uh, Kevin and the hospital, mm-hmm. who also has Sheriff Keller visiting him at the time. And he's like, hey, I just want to talk with you. And I'm like, oh, shit. Oh, no. You're totally oh, no. brainwashing everyone. For the record, I want everybody to know that uh, uh, immediately after Kevin got hit with the hammer, you and I both turned to each uh-huh. other and we said, oh, Percival's got mind control powers. Oh, yeah. Doc is totally being mind-controlled. I wrote it down in in the prediction section of my notes because I figured that would happen next week. Totally (laughs) mind-controlling people. Back at the parking lot of Pops, Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. they are putting the houses up. Yes. uh, And they still need to paint them. And Archie's like, oh, Benjamin Moore donated the paint for all of the houses. And there's probably a bag of Doritos in every one. Complimentary little baggies of CoverGirl for everybody. And we're going to chime everyone $5. On Bumble. Uh, so meanwhile, Geraldo uh, is like, okay, so here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take this body and I'm going to drive it upstate. And then I'm going to pull off at a rest stop and I'm going to hang him up. And then I'm going to call it in. And again, Veronica, amazed by the professionalism. <laughs> She's never seen someone make a good plan before. <laughs> and so she tells him a little about, about their struggles with the casino. And he's like, well, you know, I got some, uh, put the word out to some wise guys. And she's like, you know. I am putting on a nativity play. We, I need about three of them. <laughs> but no offense to your wise guys. I just, we're, we're trying to avoid wisdom here. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? But no, she she doesn't. She's still committed to being above board and a nice squeaky clean Atlantic City. You know, Atlantic City, the totally above board, not scummy place. And she's like, hey, never any mob connections in Atlantic City, New Jersey. My goodness, no. She's like, hey, can you look into a creepy British dude named Percival for me? And he's like, yeah. That really narrows it down. It'll be... that That's a great help, Veronica. Uh, so meanwhile, Archie is feeding Bingo. Yes, feed your dog. Yum, yum, dog food. Feed the Bingo. I'm glad to know that we have not forgotten to feed the dog. I wonder if they've worked in feeding the dog because so many people were like, are you taking care of your dog? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We put a dog in the script and we never see the dog. Where's hot dog? Where's fifth hot dog? Uh, so he gets a call and he rushes out to Pops, and I immediately think, oh shit, Pops is on fire, but no, it's just fog and all the red neon. (laughs) What the problem actually is, is that there's been graffiti on the tiny homes. Yes, yes. The the first one finished is the Pops one, and now it is covered in like, we don't want you, get out, trash, blah, 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 Uh, all, all sorts of hateful and angry graffiti. So Archie does what anyone else would do, and that is punch his own truck really fucking hard. He punches it so hard he leaves a massive dent in the door, but not only that... It's, the, it's like all, like, twilight. He punched the door in. Yeah, and he punches so hard that the uh, uh, car goes up on two wheels. It lifts up uh, on the side away from where he punched it. 
And this is my second favorite shot of the episode because the camera is strapped to the truck, or at least they're uh, uh, in the filming, they're on the same like lift actuator. Yeah. So it think of the shining shot, right? Where the camera follows the axe. They did the, sort of the opposite. Uh, the camera moves with the thing being impacted and it, it's very effective. I like yeah. it a lot. Uh, so then Jughead goes to jail to see Doc. <laughs> On the outside for once. He, he's, he's just visiting. To see Doc. Uh, and he's like... Doc is inconsolable. He's so upset up with himself and doesn't understand how he could have done this. He doesn't remember doing this. He's like, I was, I was working, and then all of a sudden, I was over your friend, and I don't remember a thing. And he thinks, he doesn't say, he thinks, it's like someone put the idea in my head. And Jughead's like, who? And Doc's like, I didn't say that. Like, what? Jughead, I don't think your your telepathy is as secret as you think. Your telepathy is because you are cheating with everyone. <laughs> and Doc's like, uh, I don't know, but he had a British accent. Like, Again, any other show, any other show would have this episode be set up and next episode reveal. But we ain't got time for that shit. This is Riverdale. No. So Jughead goes to meet with Percival. Uh, about, uh, the letter. Mm -hmm. The excuse for this meeting is like a follow-up article. Now, now that the debate is public, let, let's, uh, get into some, you know, hard-hitting interview about it. Yeah. So, so they have some back and forth, but then really Percival just starts, like, going off about his own opinion on everything, and Jughead's, like, writing. But then suddenly, Percival just starts talking directly to him with his mind, and he's brain like... Brain fight! Brain fight! Brain fight! So tell me, are you having fun rooting around inside my brain, Mr. Jones? <laughs> brain fight! Brain fight! And Jughead's like, what the holy fuck? He stands up and stumbles back against the wall, like, knocking over papers and everything, while while Percival Pickens is, is cool and breezy and and only responding to what has been said verbally out loud. Uh-huh. Mm -hmm. I do like the beginning of this scene, though. Like, Jughead frames his first question on, like, uh, uh, what do you believe about the, the statement that a society is measured by, you know, how it treats the, the, least, among, uh, uh, the least among the community? And Percival Pickens is like, well, uh, whoever said that didn't grow up in Riverdale. And... He is correct. Gandhi did not grow up in Riverdale. That is a historical fact. Yes. <laughs> you, you got me there, dude. Britta goes to find Cheryl again. Uh, and she finds Cheryl. Uh, and she's like, Mistress Cheryl, what happened to your beautiful hair? Because her her ridiculously sh sheeny uh, uh, red hair is now just this dull brown uh, it's been chopped. It's been chopped. It's not brushed. Uh, it's just, it's bad hair. It's just bad hair. Uh, and Mumsy has cut it off because she saw her with her friend, Heather. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So Britta quickly tells her, your mom isn't here. You're in a dreamscape. I wrote it all down. Everything you need to know is in this letter. So just she... as Cheryl, or just as Penelope bursts in and goes off on Britta, and Britta yells, screw you, but Penelope grabs her by the ear and drags her out mm -hmm, mm -hmm. as as Britta, like, drops the note. Britta, 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 you can't read in dreams. It's like one of the f main things about being in a dream. You can't, can't read. You can't. Next time you're dreaming, try to read something. It doesn't work. 
I don't think I have control over, like, if I do. I think it could just happen. That is such a reliable thing. It's one of the the, uh, most typical ways people uh, who try lucid dreaming train themselves to, to recognize they're in a dream. Building up a habit of reading something or, like, checking your watch or just counting your fingers. These are all things that are off and do not work with the way the brain processes uh, visual information while dreaming. So then you realize you're dreaming and then have a chance to uh, uh, gain control of your actions and, and turn it into a lucid dream. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have no way of testing that. I never remember anything in my dreams, so I won't know. <laughs> Except I do remember that the other night, and I cannot now tell you what the fuck happened, but for some reason, Eliza Minnelli was really awful in my dream. She was, like, mean. Okay, I would believe Liza Minnelli is mean sometimes. I would never call her awful. My goodness, no. She was, like, a really bad person in my dream. Can like, I say I'm jealous that I've never had a dream about Liza Minnelli? <laughs> the thing is, is, like, I don't remember anything about this dream enough to, like, say anything else about it other than I know it made absolutely no sense yeah. that Liza Minnelli was there. It makes no sense to call Liza Minnelli a bad person. It's, She's delightful. It's like if I was at a mini golf place and Liza Minnelli was there. That's, like, how it did not fit. I don't know what that dream Maybe was about. Maybe this time I'll be lucky. I think I might have had to slap her. Maybe this time he'll stay. And I don't know why I had to slap her. It's weird. Don't slap Liza Minnelli. I don't know why Please, I please don't slap Liza Minnelli. I felt bad afterwards <laughs> when I woke up, but for some reason she deserved it. <laughs> <laughs> she did something that made it totally okay that I slapped her. I've got to go, like, write a letter to Liza Minnelli and apologize. She's 76 years old. Be nice. I know. This is why I felt awful. And you know the only reason that I probably dreamt of Liza Minnelli is because she was at the freaking Oscars with Lady Gaga. (laughs) Like, it's only because of that that I was even thinking of her. But I don't know why she was... Bad. I'm cursed with always thinking of Liza Minnelli. And I'm blessed with always thinking of Liza Minnelli. I apologize to you that I beat her up in my dream for Thank some you. reason because she did something bad. Thank you. This means a lot to me. I really wish I would have told you about this dream like two days ago because I might have remembered more of it. <laughs> and I remember waking up and being like, wow, that was weird. But you know what you couldn't do with Liza Minnelli? You couldn't read a note she passed you. That's the point. I couldn't have helped her like Lady Gaga. (laughs) I'm not Lady Gaga. I understand. I've never worn a meat dress. That would just be like a leather dress. I guess that'd be a skin dress versus a meat dress. My other problem with this this scene, Abigail is going to eventually notice that every time Britta makes tea, she needs a nap in a hurry. That's gonna get suspicious. She's just like, I made you some sleepy time tea. And she's like, this is some damn good sleepy time tea. Yeah, with extra sleepy time in it. Here's the thing. Abigail, they didn't have sleepy time tea in her time. She doesn't know that sleepy time tea isn't supposed to work like that. I'm pretty sure they had, like, chamomile. (laughs) 
Chamomile's gross, though. Okay, okay. So, like, maybe she's like me, where she was like, I ain't having chamomile, because that stuff's nasty. So, Britta has been thrown out of the dreamscape and, like, wakes up in the real world, where she's clutching the actual physical copy of this note. Yes. But meanwhile, Penelope starts wrecking shit in slow motion. (laughs) She's throwing things off tables and, like, flipping furniture all in slow motion while Cheryl is reading the note, but Britta is narrating the note, and it's all the truth, you know. Here, here's the situation. You're in brain jail, and then Penelope, of course, finds a wire hanger. Mm-hmm. And as she's going to go beat the shit out of Cheryl, uh, Dream Cheryl turns in front of the fireplace and becomes real Cheryl. Where is the rest of her costume? (laughs) Cheryl is wearing a very Cheryl outfit, but they made it, like, extra see-through to, like, make sure you know Cheryl's back. Cheryl's top is is basically a bustier, but it is so sheer that it looks more like an undergarment than the actual costume. Yes. And she casts her mother out. Yes, she's like... I know the truth. You aren't real. You're in my mind, you psychotic bitch. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes. That is something Abigail would not say. They had not invented the concept of psychoses until long after Abigail died. Oh, this is true. (laughs) Meanwhile, Archie goes to the parking lot at Pops. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Mm-hmm, And he he sees Jughead, Tabitha, Tony, Frank, and they're fixing up the houses. And he's like, what are you doing? I was coming here to break them down. Hey, Archie, Archie, the paint is donated. Just go fucking nuts. Just paint over it. Yeah, so they're there, like, repainting them. Mm -hmm, Uh, mm -hmm. And Tony is actually putting her serpent logos all over it, which she originally, remember, didn't want to do. It is still a bad idea, in my opinion, but okay, I appreciate the thought. uh, And Jagat's also like, hey, Archie, we need to, like, talk later. Doc didn't attack Kevin. And then right after he says that, Percival appears. Mm-hmm. And uh, Percival's like, hey, so Sketch Alley's like no longer a thing and you don't need to worry about those people. Because like I went there and I like talked to them and they all decided that like taking a bus trip was a great idea. So I bought them bus tickets. I gave them $100. I do not believe you. I, th- I think he ate them. I think he just made them all walk into the river. Probably sucked their souls. And so he invites them to go like, oh, if you don't believe me, go check out Sketch Alley on your own. And so they do. It's suddenly nighttime and it's very scary. In fact, Sketch Alley is much scarier without the people in it, which is a stronger statement in support of of the, uh, the, the humanity of unhoused people than anything said by even our good guy characters. Yes. Like, they never really challenged the framing of uh, uh, the unhoused population as a problem to be solved, as, as a blot to be wiped out. They just have a much more humane plan for it. Mm-hmm. But just seeing how haunting this alley is, so much of it is in, of course, the, the camera angle, the lighting, the fog machine. But just, it's dead. <laughs> yes. That's, that's far more effective at... at it's saying what I wish this show was trying to say than any of the characters can with their words and deeds. Yes. Uh, so Britta wakes up to Mistress Cheryl 
Um, and it's actually Cheryl, but it's Cheryl coming to her in the dreamscape. Yes, because now she can walk the, the rainbow bridge of, of mind. And she's like, you're right. This I, I get it. I, I have, I'm, I'm free in the dreamscape, but like I'm not free. So you need to drive that she-demon out of my beautiful body, and I have no idea how. Mm-hmm, Good mm-hmm. luck. She calls Britta a factotum. Love the thesaurus. That is something that Abigail would say. I'm not entirely sure which one this is. Could be sneaky. She was wearing the see-through Yeah, yeah, Abigail wouldn't do that. (laughs) So it's time for another town hall meeting. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, Everyone's really happy that Percival stood up. He gets a standing ovation for social Darwinism. Yay! And he's like, oh, I couldn't have pulled it all off without Tom Keller, who was brainwashed. And so Tom talks about how Percival is going to be joining the department as a deputy with him and Kevin. Because he's fucking brainwashed. That's the first time this town has had three cops since cops were good guys. Remember back in the first first two seasons when uh, Sheriff Keller was a real candidate for the first two serial killers? Yes. Yeah, right? Yes, he was. Yes, he was. Let's remember FP was a pretty good cop. And alone for the entire county. And alone. He and had alone. no so deputies. Alone. No deputies. This is true. And let's remember that when FP was being a good cop, it's when he was doing things that weren't cop things. This is true. This <laughs> is true. As this is all going on, Archie thinks dude's like a supervillain, and Jughead turns to him, yeah, he is. We really need to talk later. <laughs> Yeah. There's a reason I'm replying to you right now. They're going to go home. Though you home. said nothing. They're going to binge the Jessica Jones show to figure out how to fight a guy that can do this sort of thing. After the town hall meeting ends, Veronica and Reggie go up to Alice and they're like, Hey, y'all didn't talk about the casino. And I'm like, why would you go to the person that hates the casino the most? <laughs> why would you not Veronica- go at... Tony. Veronica loves a challenge. She's all about, you know, t- taking the hard road to really prove herself. Well, Alice is like, the council really doesn't like the risk, and neither does Percival. Because Percival suddenly has an interest in this as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and she's like, you know, and the b- biggest risk is really you, Veronica. Um, like, you know, I can maybe only support it if, like, you weren't involved. Because she is from the tainted family, the image of, of crime and, and corruption in this town. Uh, so after this conversation, Veronica turns to Reggie and is like, okay, time for a new plan. If Riverdale doesn't want to support us, we do what we do best. And he's like, scams? Scam, please? And she's like, yeah! Mommy, might I have a morsel of scam, please? I mean, this is happening technically back at their place, and uh, Iceman, what's his name? Geraldo. Geraldo's there, and uh, she's like, hey, Geraldo, I want those wise dudes, and he's like, you got them? And he's like, oh, by the They're way. They're all sitting on mountaintops. It's very strange. Uh, and he's like, oh, by the way, I looked into that British creepy dude. There ain't nothing about him. No he's paper. a blank. Nothing. A total mystery. It's like he didn't exist before he appeared here. It's like he's a ghost. What if he's a ghost? Don't you steal my prediction. Okay. You have to wait. Okay. So over at Archie's, uh, the lights suddenly go out Mm -hmm, as mm -hmm. a hand is through the door turning them off. And we find out that it's Betty. Oh, right. Betty's in this show, too. And she's like, hey, Archie, 
turn off all the other lights. And he's like, okay, yeah, sure. Wouldn't you more be like, why? This is weird. He loves her. <laughs> I guess he was hoping she was going to be naked and be like, touch my boob in the dark. <laughs> I love it when someone comes to my house and says, touch my boob in the dark. <laughs> That's my birthday treat. Yeah. Um, and so she comes in and she's wearing sunglasses in the dark. And uh, he's obviously concerned. And she explains that the headaches she was getting have gotten worse. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And she can still see her auras, but it seems to be the headaches are a side effect of being able to do that. And they're very light sensitive. So so that's why she travels at night with big chunky sunglasses. And, you know, you can't even turn on the TV. The glare is so much. And so she's like, but it's fine. So, like, what did I miss? Anything? (laughs) And he's like, A lot, actually. (laughs) So it turns out Jughead can read minds since the explosion, and Percival can control minds, we think? And Betty takes this in stride. Oh! It's season six, baby. All bets are off. We're just getting to it. We're just calling it out right away. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so then we go to Percival, who has his own notebook. And in his notebook, he has written Jughead, mind reader. And then he looks up from his notes at his own murder board. But it's not... Murder, not murder board. It's more of a murder planning board than a murder solving board. Yeah, yeah. As the camera zooms in on Archie's face. I guess Archie is the character that made the most direct moves against him. He did kind of earn it this time. I mean, he, he did say, let's go outside and let me pummel your face in. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, you know... I get why he'd be like, I'm going to take that guy out first. Self-preservation, if nothing else. Yeah. So, darling, what did you think of of chapter 103, The Town? Not my favorite episode. No? No. It was a lot. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It, there's so fucking much in this episode, but also, like, not that much, because it was just, like, jumping around with the same stuff. Yeah. And it moved really fast. As much as I enjoyed Dream Penelope, just, like, quote a second movie. Just put a second reference in here, please. Yeah. Would have helped that a lot. She didn't have to mention the hanger and then grab the hanger. Drop one, and you've you've saved it, honestly. Yeah. They were good. They were funny. They are good moments. Mm -hmm, mm Mm-hmm. But it wasn't, wasn't a highlight one for me. A problem that I have with this show when it tries to be, like topical when it tries to be capital p political it kind of misses it yeah it its biggest aspiration is to just be nice yes i mean okay actually like giving away houses is more than that yes but it still comes up short of what it could be like it's fiction you can imagine so much more you can think so much bigger well, and it's one of those things, if this would have been a few seasons ago mm-hmm. and Fred was there, Fred would have done something to make them get these people actual houses. Yes. You know? Fr- Fred would be, like, calling up, knocking on every door and saying, who's got a couch? Yeah. Let's at least get them out of the rain before the, the uh, uh, you know, b- before we finish building their roofs on 500 square foot homes. Yeah. Like, it's... Come on, come on. Like, we're putting them up in this place. We're something. And I think so much of it is, like, we're f- it's Ar- moving at such crazy fucking speed. Archie, where do you put a stove in that? You don't. You don't. You don't. 
Well, he never mentioned a stove. He just mentioned plumbing. And locks. And locks. Locks are important, though. Locks are important. You need a place to keep your stuff secure. I get what you're saying, but I'm just trying to make the point that there is not room to expand. There is not room to furnish these homes with what would be a comfortable living. No. And, like, this is not to, like, give it a pass on what it is. I think the idea behind these, though, is, like, it's not supposed to be a permanent home, which it should be. It should be enough that they can be and they can continue to live in them and be self-sustaining, etc. But 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 it's to give shelter. To give a more permanent shelter structure. Shelter, an address uh, that you can enter into forms for, for assistance. like, you know, running water. And hopefully a communal kitchen. Come on. They, well, they need to eat. There, there are versions of these tiny home Again, developments for... part of the details that Archie left out, etc. Yes, yes, yes. But there are versions of, like, setups that are like that, that have, like, communal kitchens, communal, like what it lacks in the individual space, they have something there for it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So not to like completely fault these ideas when they actually work in real life, but to totally fault Archie for not actually creating one that would work in real life. It's fiction. You you can do anything. You're making it up. You You can dream bigger. You could have. You can do better. You could have made them. Real houses. You could have made a moral argument. A stronger moral argument. Oh, you know what would have actually been, like, an interesting, like, endearing thing? A reinvestment in, like, the trailer park? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. To turn it into, like, a thriving, wonderful community that with homes that people could go to? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And... Actually, who I... Th- who I'm After dis- it burned down and doesn't exist anymore. Who I'm disappointed in, in the fiction at least, is Jughead who is eavesdropping on everyone's private thoughts and doesn't think to do anything with that? Doesn't think to call anyone out for being assholes? Just the the thought that, like, okay, I'm hearing people very worried about the tax burden, and I get that some people are barely getting by, but think about that. Think a few steps ahead. If a little bit... Tax the rich. If a little extra in your monthly bills is going to make you... You know, one of these people, if that's a risk, don't you want to live in a town that takes care of these people, recognizes them as people? Also tax the rich. Yeah. Hey, Pickens, you just bought a house with cash. You can spare it. (laughs) Yes. And I think it's like various things like that that make it like, uh, it's hard to like enjoy. The, The portrait. The Hiram portrait. Fucking portrait. (laughs) Fuck that shit. (laughs) The initial excuse given for we want to hang our our, uh, negative role models up is so bizarre. I I feel like they could have, like... But the idea that this could act as, like, Veronica's mood ring for am I feeling nice girl or evil today? You just look at the wall. It doesn't fucking work because you already decided to go the opposite route. I feel like they could have done something with that last week where, like, she hung up, like, an old family portrait or something. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, how nice would that be if, like, there was a sitting with the three of them? Yeah. And then you just, like, post-it note Hermosa up there just... And then, and I guess Reggie gets one with his car. Yeah. Reggie, don't fuck the car hot. Reggie, what are you doing? Reggie, no! Get that out of there! Remember the ghost in his car? Yeah, sexy ghost. So, darling, you got any predictions? I think you do. I do! 
Percival's totally a ghost. Do you think Percival Pickens is the founder Pickens? The, the genocidal Pickens of the past? So that or, yes, a descendant, but a descendant that's been dead a very long time. A midpoint who, between them. Yes. And I think that he was buried under Archie's house. Ah. And when the explosion happened, it, it released, awoke him. It awoke him. Because he's like, his family was totally like seen as like awful. So they like buried him in like unmarked a, grave. In like a lead lined like mm-hmm. coffin type shit. But when the explosion happened, it like, you know, broke it open and his soul was released. He's very evil, so he definitely is sucking souls. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like this a lot. Some more Percival possibilities. Percival Pickens is not a Pickens. I don't think he he might not even be English. He's just a convert to the writings of Edgar Evernever, and is out for revenge. Oh. He's here to destroy the town that destroyed his messiah. I thought you'd like that because it's it's Edgar. Edgar. Yeah. I'm also going to predict because we're, we're having some bleed over from yeah. River Vale. Yes. Okay. The devil is going to show up to collect... Percival's soul. The devil who looks not unlike Percival Pickens. They could play brothers in a different yes. show. He is going to show up to collect Percival. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. it is the battle for Riverdale's soul. After all, yeah. 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 Uh, so... And Percival's trying to become the soul of Riverdale. Mm-hmm. While sucking While souls. He, he's got to suck Riverdale right. And the devil's going to be like, oh, no, no, those are my souls. Yeah. Because the devil wants to suck Riverdale right. Yeah. 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 Lots of sucking. Everybody's sucking. Mm-hmm. You know who really sucks? A lot of people. <laughs> a lot of people. Al- Alice sucks more than she Alice sucked in a long time. sucks so much and it's driving me up a fucking wall. And not in the fun way when she was this, like, nimby little uh, suburban freak in the first two seasons. I, it's Her just whole, like, it's just disappointing and hateful uh, uh, in this context. And like I can't see anything about why Frank would like her. Yeah, right. Come on, Frank. Like she's awful. Come he on. He sits Frank. on this town hall with her and listens to her spiel this shit. Mm-hmm. There's nothing here for him to like until she shows up, turns off all the lights, and says, "Touch my boobs <laughs> in the dark," because it's his birthday. Yeah. So what? What if? She does that, but Frank's not home and it's Archie. And <laughs> it's then... so hard to tell which Cooper is which sometimes. They dress them exactly the same. And then Archie's dramatized for life. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, is Jughead can read minds. <laughs> so it doesn't stay a secret. Because it's like, all he keeps thinking is like, I can't believe I accidentally touched her boob. I can't believe I touched Alice Cooper's boob. And Jughead's like, what the fuck? All the snakes of the forest, too. <laughs> I also predict Archie will touch Alice's boob. Okay, good, good. Yeah. Let's make it official. So let's talk about what we know is going to happen in addition to the boob touching. I think that one's a pretty done deal. Next week's episode is chapter 104, The Serpent Queen's Gambit. I mean, this has got to be like the Queen's Gambit, the, the chess show, right? There's, there's no way they're referencing anything other than that. I mean, are we doing like a parent trap and we're going to try to get two people back together on a cruise ship? Where do you get that from the Serpent Queen's Gambit? Weren't they on the 
Or no, they weren't on the Queen's Gambit. They were on the Queen Elizabeth too. The Queen's <laughs> Gambit is the yacht from <laughs> Arrow. Yeah. That's why I'm like, wait, no, don't <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> they're gonna. And I love Arrow. Why did I forget that? Everybody is failing this city, so you got me well, there. He does have a little booklet. What? I what must if... become something else. I must what... become a Pickens. What? What? Yeah. What if? What, what if? if? What if? All right, but the trailer though. The trailer shows Jughead wanting to beat Percival to death. He says to Archie, "Let's beat this guy up. Break all his bones." Every bone yes. in his body. Old serpent Jughead's back. Kevin wants to sue for sole baby custody because he's such a good babysitter. He's so good at babysitting, he gets the baby. Since he's taken over watching the baby, he got a job that took him away from the baby and also got beat up while having the baby. Yeah, we don't see the baby this episode. We see two of the baby's three parents. I'm counting Kevin as a parent since he's staying in town. And grandpa. And we see his grandpa. We do not see the baby. I guess the baby's with fangs. That's why we don't see fangs. Yeah. There you go. Uh, we also have uh, Kevin, I think, breaking down a door. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also have uh, Betty questioning uh, if someone is trying to poison her. And I think it's specifically addressed to Abigail, who's bringing in a basket of pastries. Someone shoots up Pops again. Uh, uh, there's a cops and serpent standoff. Betty kidnaps Cheryl or Abigail. I'm not sure which is which. Because either Cheryl is back or Abigail is getting better at blending in. There, There is a line that is definitely Cheryl-ish, but that doesn't mean it's not Abigail. I don't know. I don't know. She chloroforms her. Betty does too, whichever uh, uh, Blossom is piloting uh, that body. And that's what we know. That's what we know. I mean, maybe it's Nana in there. Anything could happen. Anything could happen. That's one way to get out of the hay room. We just joined the the party body. It, yeah. There is basically a brain bust. There's so many people up in there. <sighs> Got a manifestation of Penelope. Britta comes to visit. She fits just fine. Crowded, crowded brain. But that is then. This is now. And I'd like to thank you now for joining us now. Uh, uh, and if you enjoyed your time with us this week, why not tell somebody about it? Telling a friend, word of mouth is how we grow the show. It's how we enter the brave new world that is a expressly supernatural Riverdale. The show people have been waiting for for years. And it's not what anybody expected out of it back then, I gotta say. No. <laughs> you can also leave us a rating and review. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Help those random people find us. Whisper sweet nothings into the ear of the computer that will bring about their downfall. Yes. Uh, you can also follow us on Twitter at sex underscore Archie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'd like to mention a sort of prediction that came from someone on Twitter. Uh, uh, listener uh, That Pazuzu is, is running with the idea that Rivervale resident Jughead, who is now writing the stories that keep the universe alive... Mm-hmm. His stories may well be bleeding into Riverdale, which is why Rivervale uh, history in the uh, Blossom family is now significant. It's why he and his best friends suddenly get superpowers to do cool shit with. That's actually a really fucking good prediction. (laughs) That's like, I'm like jealous I didn't think of that. And generally, ever since uh, uh, coming back from the explosion, Riverdale has become... Rivervale tinged at the very least. Yeah. And and maybe that is because of 
Rivervale Jughead punching the keys for all he's worth. So with that, I'm Elena. I'm Grant, and from us here at Sex Archie, Johnny Come Lately. Lately.